Good night, everyone. Wake Up America is back in the building, and tonight we have with us a special guest, a longtime resident of the Rockaways, Glenn DeResto. And our topic will be the Coalition Against the Peninsula Hospital Overdevelopment. How can we make this work for everyone on the peninsula? Uh, Glenn, um, I would like to hear from you because uh, you definitely did some research and I was going over your paperwork so you can probably go page by page and help us understand uh, a little better what's going on. Yeah, Th thanks Edwin. Thanks for having me on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Um, so just to uh, make the listeners aware of what's going on, so there is, uh, for those who know, the old Peninsula Hospital uh, site was purchased a few years ago um, by a developer, and it's going to be developed into um, some residential housing. So as it's currently zoned, the neighborhood is currently zoned, the developer has an as of right to build a little over 500 and something units as of right now. So a uh, developer would like to get the land rezoned um, and as part of any rezoning in New York City, uh, it includes mandatory inclusionary housing and there would have to be some affordable uh, uh, units within the, uh, within the, new, re in the new zoning. Um, but anybody that lives in the Rockaway should be deeply concerned um, not that it has affordable housing, but really about the scale and the okay. size of the development and that it's, uh, and the lack of balance of income. So I think those are the two uh, things that any resident uh, should be concerned about. Okay, well, you were at the recent scoping meeting. So technically, it's not zoned for uh, residential. It's It's... As of right now, it is. It is currently zoned residential, okay. but it's only zoned for about 500 and something units. And the developer, um, believe it or not, is interested in zoning it to put as much as 2,200 units, not wow. 500 and something. That's 2,200 wow. units, which would bring in over 6,000 new residents to the neighborhood. You're talking about 1,500 school-age children, and they're only looking to provide parking for 424 residents. Wow. Uh, um, in an area that's uh, already uh, dense, if you ask me, um, I would think 2,200 units, and you're talking about 9.35 acres of land and 6,000 residents, 17 buildings. That's crowded uh, for, for such a small uh, location. Uh, so if you figure 6,000 residents and most families have two cars, uh, it, it's already a headache trying to maneuver around the peninsula with all of the construction going on. Uh, Beachfront Road, which was, or Shorefront Parkway, what some people may call it, used to be the, the smooth uh, way to get around and now uh, it's bumper to bumper every morning and afternoon yeah I think if you look at this uh, scale of development like we're talking about 2200 units 6,000 new residents if you just compare it to you know uh, the the newest and uh, really the rebirth of Rockaway offering by the sea development correct um, that's going to be when it's complete and it's not complete yet that's going to be 2200 units when complete but that sits on 120 acres. You're talking about the same amount of units only on 10 acres <laughs> as opposed to 120 acres. So you can see the density. I understand it's a different type of development. One is low-rise attached to family homes with mid-rise condos and uh, rentals as opposed to, um, you know, larger scale buildings so the, the if you look at what the developer wants to do he would like to build 17 buildings okay 17 buildings as high as 16 stories high wow 12 of those buildings are going to be over 100 feet um 
and they're only going to provide parking for 424 residents. And we all know that Rockaways is a unique place. Wow. Isolated from the rest of the peninsula, we have the longest commute times in New York City. Now, over there, I I, I remember at the last community board meeting, uh, Dr. Pires was uh, doing uh, some numbers on the schools over there. And there are two schools over in the area. Jeff, do you know the names of which schools? Yeah, we have uh, we have PS one hundred five. PS one hundred five. Uh, we have we can also include PS one hundred six and PS forty two, which is within only okay. a couple of blocks. Now both of those schools, one was over a hundred and ten percent at capacity, and I think the other one was maybe a one twelve. I could be a little off, and um. We could easily correct that. But if you're... We also have Goldie Maple Academy. Goldie Maple. Now, Goldie Maple is the only one that is yeah, under capacity. Yeah, and it has two schools in there, actually. I know they have another school. Right. So if, if... Okay, so if approximately 1,500 school-age children will come into the area, two of the schools are over capacity and one is under. How come no new schools are being slated to be built? With the exception of Arvin by the Sea, which we've been waiting for like 12 years. Well, I think this is part of the discussion. So any developer is going to come in and, you know, they're going to say, hey, we're going to improve the infrastructure, which happened. It just has happened in Auburn by the sea. But um, if you look at it, you know, uh, as a resident of Auburn by the sea myself, and you, Edwin, as well, is that, and I don't have children, and you have school-age children, all my neighbors have school-age children, everybody had to buck up and send all their kids to private school uh, when we were were promised a school. Correct. And so I could see the same thing happening with this developer, the local elected officials, the developer are going to come out, they're going to promise things, just as they've been promising for over 10 years, almost a dozen years, mm-hmm. waiting for one school to get built. So how many years is it going to take for one school to get built for this new development? And 1,500 kids, guess what? You're probably going to need two schools. Correct, correct. Um, now, now, Jeff, you live in the area as well, over in Arvin View. When you were going to school, did you notice any overcrowding? Oh, when, definitely. Uh, I, was, I used to be in a classroom with about 30 to 35 students. Hmm. And going to school, and that was both elementary and middle school. So cafeterias were packed. We used to go about four or five periods into lunch. Okay. Well, my, my thing is, looking at these numbers you have here, um, I, I I have nothing against affordable housing. I. I do think density is a factor here. And if you look at our our subway system that can barely handle the volume coming through the Rockaways right now, how would 6,000 residents affect that A-line going into Manhattan? Yeah, so think about this, Ed. If you really look at it, so, you know, um, the A-line goes all the way from Far Rockaway all the way to 207th Street in, in Manhattan. And we're at the end of the line. So uh, many of the people get on at the Far Rockaway station. And as we come through, some of the other stations are a little less crowded because uh, okay. it's not as densely populated. Um, but by the time it's getting up to uh, now 59th Street, 60th Street station, and then it gets to the 67th Street, Auburn by the Sea station. Right. And by the time the train gets to Broad Channel and you have people that are from Rockaway Park and they need to switch there... There's barely any room. So think of this. And, and yeah, again, power port either. many elected officials don't think about the future because they're already going to be out of office. So think about the, the negative effect this could have. So you're going to build, there's going to be 6,000 new residents in this development. Now we have the Auburn, uh, I'm sorry, we have the Far Rockaway uh, redevelopment going on now, and that's going to bring in, I think it's three to four thousand. Either of you guys know the amount of people that is uh, uh, supposed to bring three to four thousand new residents? Jeff, you got any numbers on that one? Uh, the Mott Avenue? Uh, I, bl- I believe that's actually going to be bringing, yeah, close to roughly five thousand yeah. more people. Yeah, more, more five thousand units. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, but it might be residents, residents. five thousand. And then th- now take that into consideration. Auburn by the Sea is not done yet. 
they still have probably about another 700 units to go. Wow. Beach, Beach Green Dunes is just finishing up now. Um, and then we haven't taken into consideration the future of our East development. Right. Okay? Right. This is five years from now, ten years from now. This is going to be thousands and thousands of more units. Um, with one hospital. Pop densely populating a neighborhood which has not much economic opportunity, the worst transportation in the city, overcrowded schools and underperforming schools, and no access to good health care. I agree with you on that <laughs> tenfold. So, so it sounds like a no-brainer, really, what you're saying, that this, this shouldn't even happen. Well, not that it shouldn't happen. You know, obviously, it's, uh, it's a large piece of property. Um, it, it, the builder has enough right. As of right, he could come tomorrow, start filing papers. He could build 500 and something units there tomorrow if, he, if, he, if he'd like. Um, and I think that we could say, hey, you know what? We'll work with you. Um, we'll allow you to upzone. We'll allow you to build more units um, than you're allowed to currently. Um, but we want something in return as a community. We need guarantees of what is going to be built and a time frame of when it's going to be built. And if they don't meet those those time frames on those things that we want, then the development shouldn't continue. And I think that um, being able to, you know, this is going to be all rental appears from what the developers yeah. put out. Listen, the there's affordable housing for sale. There, there are plenty of people that don't make a lot of money but make enough to buy something. Why, why isn't that part of this development? Um, there's nothing in here that I noticed that said anything about veterans. Um, there's a lot of yeah, home correct. veterans in this city. So why is that not part of this plan? That's that's something we could probably sit down with the elected officials and the developers and and ask with 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 such a huge homeless veteran population in the city. I can't see why Absol no units are set aside. Absolutely, absolutely. It needs to be. Th I, I think it needs to be thought out. I know this is a work in progress, and you know the Arca companies are a very reputable company. Um, they built other. Uh, affordable housing around the city. They're bringing uh, in uh, over in East New York, over by the Gateway uh, uh, Mall over there, over Erskine Street. They're developing over there. It's nice. It's eight stories high. Okay. And you've you've seen pictures. And looks very nice. That I gave exactly. You. The development's nice. I mean, I think. I, I mean, aesthetically, I'd like to do something a little bit better, but obviously, they're a developer. Well, here, here's what I could say over there. At least in East New York, there's economic development. 100%. You see the businesses, you see the restaurants. Now, I grew up in Brooklyn, and never in, in a thousand years would I think that East New York would have better restaurants and shopping than the Rockaways. Yeah. When I came here and I saw the plan for Arvin by the Sea, I was like, okay, this is going to grow. So where is the economic development? What type of... If you if you don't raise the income in an area, you're never going to get the Trader Joe's. You're never going to get the Chipotle. They're going to do their market research and look at the incomes in the area. It's limited thinking. So if, um, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, um, off, you know, before we were on the air, um, we were talking about. So when Bill De Blasio came to office, one of the things that he did was he pushed forth something called mandatory inclusionary housing. So most people are not even aware of what this terminology means. So mandatory inclusionary housing is supposed to help uh, people have access to economic opportunity. So obviously, um, people who have limited access to economic opportunity, who have limited access to good schools, who have limited access to good transportation and jobs, who have limited access to good health care. The idea of this mandatory inclusionary housing was to economically diversify communities Correct. across the city. Okay? So if you look at the Rockaways, the Rockaways has per capita, this section of the Rockaways has the highest concentration of public housing anywhere in, in Queens. We also have, I lived in affordable housing. I grew up, I lived in affordable housing. I lived in Dayton. 
Dayton is part of a Mitchell Lama program. That is affordable housing. Mm -hmm. We have other affordable housing units throughout the peninsula. Uh, Councilman Richards has been an advocate for affordable housing, and he, uh, we got the Beach Green Dunes, and those are nice units that mm -hmm. were just built. And I think it's a good, it's a, it's a good thing that's happening. But the this plan for Peninsula Hospital, um, out of the 2,200 units that are being slated for development, only 290 of them are to be of moderate income, <laughs> meaning above 80%. Only 290 out of 2,200. Wow. First of all, we think that the scale of the development is too large. It's, it's, yeah. And then if you look at it, there's no balance to income. So how do you, uh, how do you expect businesses to survive? So... I listened to earlier, there was a podcast that Mark Healy from the Rockaway Wave had done with okay. Councilman Richards, probably, uh, I don't know, six months ago, eight months ago, give or take. And one of the things the councilman member did say is that we need the density to help support the commercial. Okay. I disagree with that. I, I agree there is some density that's needed to ensure that there's affordable housing for those who need uh, but I also think that you need to balance out incomes. If you bring people into the community who have disposable income coupled together with affordable housing, those businesses will be able to stay and thrive. And because of mandatory inclusionary housing, those apartments will be permanently affordable. Nobody will get displaced yeah, or anything nine, like yeah, that. It's this a 99 year guarantee. With a lot of okay, so... so so the density is needed to support the commercial. That's what right. commercial? Well, well, there will be a commercial in this as part of this development. Uh, of there is commercial as part of this. Development. I mean, who? I mean, no, no more Dunkin' Donuts. I, I you know, right. that's not considered no, no, well, I mean, commercial to me. To be fair here, too, I had asked myself this question earlier. So when Arvin by the Sea was developed, you know, we were always promised we were going to get this and that. There was a lot of speculation about what was going to come, and a lot of that stuff fell through for whatever the reason was. Like a Target was supposed to come. That fell through. Correct. We had a lot of other things. But really, all I see coming here is local business. Now, I'm not against local business. That, that's a great thing. But it's also good to have a variety of choices because some things in locally may not be always, you know, it's always the typical corner stores or the typical coffee shops. And like you said, the Dunkin' Donuts and all that. But we well, that would be up to the free market. The free market is going to determine who's going to come in there, who's going to survive. I think the elected officials will have some say in trying to recruit people and the developer will try no. to recruit people well yeah that's how it's going to go usually right. the developers okay the well, well then these things well then that goes back to a chamber of commerce yeah, yeah. To, to to reach out that's, that's, to these franchises and make them want to come rockaway is attract this is why we want you to come here this we're right on the ocean and the bay. It's a beautiful community. Community, come and set up shop. Of course, like you know, a lot of big businesses. Like I know Applebee's was a spokesperson of this before. So Applebee's had interest in coming to Rockaway. I know Applebee's not the greatest thing on the planet, but it's better than what we have now as options. And Applebee's, one of their arguments was, well, we don't think we would make enough money because of the seasons. And what they meant by the seasons is, well, most of the most of the economic base in Rockaway is in the summertime. So we're also dealing with not only income we're dealing with climate and then we're dealing okay. with insurance rates stuff like that now now what's the population of the rockaways uh we're well we'll know by next year the new population number but as of 2010 census i believe we're only at 120,000. Yeah, okay so an applebee's can sustain an, an applebee's can sustain with that amount of density well, well it could if depends on the disposable income right how often so that's and that that's where we we you know what we originally started about so in looking at some of these reports and these are the city's own reports uh i'm just going to uh read here okay according to a report by new york city planning which is going to have to approve this rezoning of the land which has to go through the ULA process uh, half of the subsidized housing in Queens was located on the Rockaway Peninsula. Think of that. Half of the subsidized housing in all of Queens was located in the Rockaway Peninsula. And construction of additional low and moderate income housing in Auburn 
would only increase that proportion. That is the city's own study in 2003. I'm not making it up. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a lot of the Robin Moses effect. Um, that was the city's know. own study. Yeah, I think they have the most nitro developments out of any yeah. neighborhood in the city as well, right? And if you look at, there was also another report that was done under the Blasio administration in 2016. So in April of 2016, the de Blasio's Office of Environmental Remediation, the following facts apply to Rockaway, and this is what it says. Edgemere, Auburn, and Hamels is now home to a fairly dense community with high proportion of low-income residents. Absolutely. So what are they looking to warehouse, and we'll use that term, to all lower-income people um, in one community? Of New York City. That is not mandatory inclusionary housing. The idea is to economically diversify communities throughout the community, throughout the city and give people economic opportunity. What is being planned there does not do that. But so on your comparison to the surrounding area, so you have the Nitro Ocean Bay houses. Mm, yep. 1,395 units with 4,000 residents. Then you have Arvin View, 1,093 units, 3,500 residents. The Nordak Buildings, 342 units, 1,000 residents. Beach 41st Houses, 712 units, 1,800. Now you're going to add another... Oh, let and me go back. Let me get it correct. You got Arvin by the Sea Development in there, too. Okay, and so you get Auburn. Six thousand residents. Another six thousand residents. Jesus Christ! Now, 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 here's my thing. With that amount of volume, I get, I can guarantee you, by the time that train hits you, Jeff, yeah. would you get on sixty? Forget you can forget having a seat on Beach 67. Anyone going further coming into Broad Channel will be just waving to the train. We, we forgot about my Avenue. have to stand so, for know, an hour. Avenue, exactly. My Avenue was the first and last stop, and that's already about to be rapidly. They already have a lot. Most of the population is already down there. I hear it's almost crowded now. 60,000 residents down there in that neighborhood. So now when they do the rapid development down there for that revitalization, you're going to have even more people getting on at the first stop, and that's not even counting the two new buildings okay. on 44th. And so wait, let's, let me jump back to something. So we, we had adding 6,000 over uh, in the Edgemere area. So how many residents will be at the Mott Avenue development? 5,000 more. 5,000? 5, 5, about 5,000. Wow. So about 5,000 I mean, that's more. not to say, of course, logically, they're not all going to take the train, but we're going to say 80% of them uh, will. I give or take with congestion pricing, I think a lot more will take well, the subway that, that's where I was going, going into right, the city. So if, if you get 5,000 residents, and let's say there's two cars per home, this is going to be uh, uh, chaotic uh, yeah. to, to navigate around when you don't, when you got two bridges to get out and same thing with the train. Train only has one bridge to get across. When that bridge is open, now you've already trapped. We 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 already don't have uh, any uh, late express buses coming no, from Manhattan. No weekend service uh, on the east side so, either for so, express buses. Yeah. So 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 if you're building, you're adding all of this density. Are you are you going to add more express buses? Well, I guess that would actually. Well, when Auburn by the Sea was built, we got the Q52. So yeah, that actually helped. We we right. There will, there will be. Listen. You build it and they will come, and and uh, we, I think that we kind of seen that through time. Unfortunately, it takes a little time because we're still waiting. For yeah, the like school. twelve years. Yeah, we're still waiting for the school. Um, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to money, if people can make money, they'll put in stores. But that doesn't mean city services will come. Here, here's here's the thing. You said something key. If you build it, they will come. And I bought into this hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, how long? And how long you been here now? Going on thirteen years, and I did not have any children. And I have eleven-year-old son yeah, and a seven-year-old. Yeah. So you just do the math: five thousand a year for school. When I was promised a school, yeah, yeah. okay? Yeah, well, well, then that's thirty, forty thousand we could have put into retirement. Yeah, we could have just tucked away, but we're spending it. 
And, and now St. Camillus has closed down. Could have paid for secondary education exactly. for children. Could allow you to invest it, put it in a business. Exactly. Do, do something different. With you know, so my thing is, if, if you're going to add on, on this, what are you doing for infrastructure upgrades and transportation? Well, uh, yeah. Now, now, if you let me jump off on a tangent, right? Do you see the development for the BQE Expressway? Okay, no tangents allowed. No tangents allowed. No, no, I, I'm just saying I'm getting a little worked up. But do you see the development over there for the BQE? Yeah, and they post okay. it to what? A massive park on the top? Yeah. Okay. The and if, if they use some uh, intelligent groupthink and brought back the Far Rockaway, Long Island Railroad, it would, it would really offset a lot of the the uh, traffic on the on the A line, and maybe not many people would drive into yeah, the city. That would also bring a lot more residents in as well. Correct, because it would now be a very convenient way to get to Midtown. And, and on and on top of that, as as you have these developers coming out here getting all these tax breaks, and you know everybody's making money. They're going to be seeking public funds to build this. As correct. Well. That's part correct. Of Another thing we need we need to touch on. Is getting rid of that toll on the bridge on the Cross Bay Bridge, and I, I, I know, I but everything interplays. Everything is is, is 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 connected. I think we're getting close to that now. Now that you have a democratic in, full in time, so. in time, you know. But you know, um, you know, it, it it's it's to me, it's just an unfair tax, and now you're adding congestion pricing. Well, you know, here's my thing, well, Glenn. As remember, a, it, it, it's free for us as residents. Okay, so at a discounted rate. You never lived here at a time when we had tokens. And we always had to pay. So I've been here, born and raised here, three generations. Wow. We, we had tokens, and we used to have to pay with tokens. And then there was a, uh, if you lived in Rockwell, you bought a, uh, uh, um, a roll of tokens that gave you a discount. And then when the Easy Pass started, even when they had Easy Pass, however many, it's probably almost 20 years ago now, it, we still paid for it. And that we bridge was paid, paid for it. before we were born. So where's all this money going? They, they say it's like maintenance and upkeep. Oh, that's the yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the tangent. We're getting on tangents here. Okay, right, right. okay. That's, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> let's not let's not get on tangents. Right, right. It's just, so one of the things that I pulled up at while while, uh, while you were doing that, so we were talking about the the density and we were talking about the affordability. So back in 2015, our own community board. Of the Rockaways, which represents people from Far Rockaway, Bayswater, Auburn, Edgemere, all throughout the peninsula, all the way up to Breezy Point. All the board voted 32 to 0 in opposition of the mandatory inclusionary housing. Because this community knows and has a history of being, and I hate using the word, dumped on by the city. Um and, and when we say that, I think we could say it in a different way, that the city neglects this community and the, the city feels when it has a problem, it could solve the problem by putting people in Rockaway, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, whether it may, maybe it's a homeless shelter or the density of affordable housing. So we can all say, listen, I'm a real mm -hmm. estate broker. I could say there is an affordability issue in the city. I have friends that call me all the time. They're looking for apartments for $1,000. And I got to say, hey, listen, I'm sorry, $1,200, $1,400. I'm like, I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy that ran for mayor years ago. Remember he had the mutton chops, the guy, and he wore gloves, and it was the rent is too damn yeah, high. So right. we're going back a little while, but <laughs> okay. we, we can all agree and say hey listen the rent the rent has gotten high and not it everybody is. can afford a two thousand dollar two-bedroom apartment whatever the case may be that there is a need for affordable housing but it all does not have to be in rockaway there's Correct. a huge city out there there's a lot of other developments going out there there was a Spofford development that I, I wrote about in that little presentation there's the hunter's point development that was spoken about. And if you look at what the community board said back in 2015, and I think they need to reiterate that again. The, this is from the community board. Community board 14 has done more than its fair share to help those in need. The burden of these unfortunate statistics has strangled our community economically and is partially to blame for the closure of Peninsula Hospital. We continue to be poorly served 
by mass transportation and our limited roads and infrastructure cannot handle the already large increase in population that has occurred over the last decade. Um, additionally, it says um, here, with the boundaries of Community Board 14, uh, there are five over 5,000 units of public housing and a high Section 8 voucher client placement in the Borough of Queens, over two dozen group homes, um, drug rehabilitations. Uh, the largest employer in the district was Peninsula Hospital for a period of time. Um, and they are objected. So the Land Use and Housing Committee of the Community Board 14 made the following comments. The board does not support any additional affordable housing units to be built or created in Community Board 14, meaning in the Rockaways, that are not at least 60% of AMI. This is from the residents who serve on the Community Board. This is their recommendation. I like to ad lib on that. As a yeah. member of Community Board 14, do. we are only advisory. No, hundred percent. Okay. But, so what we know is going to happen is this: uh, the ARCA company is going to put together their plan and they're going to tweak it, and then it's going to go before um, it's going to go before the community board. They'll probably bring it before the land use committee uh, first, and there'll be recommendations from the land use committee, and it'll be open to public hearings. And it'll go through the ULIP process, and the community board will vote on it, and they can vote 32 or however members are on the community board at this time. They can vote totally 100% in opposition, and this could still get passed. So this comes down to really the, the council member whose district this is. Because other correct. members of the city council are not going to oppose the... They'll say, hey, whatever the council member wants. But council member... Um, who is uh, represents the district, Councilman Richards, um, knows fairly well the wants and the needs uh, as per the community board. So for him to say he, and he hasn't uh, taken a position on this, allegedly, as okay. of yet, um, and I think at the end of the day, I think that he needs to sit down with members of the community Correct. and really discuss how this is going to benefit not future residents because there's going to be future residents so you i lived in rockaway i was probably one of the few people at the time that supported auburn by the sea development so i thought more people from rockaway would have bought into auburn by the sea they chose not to for whatever reason All i right. saw it as this amazing auburn by the sea is helping change and transform rockaway into everything i kind of hoped it would be this development is the single most important thing facing the future of the Rockaways. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna come down to um, being able to provide people that, the residents that live here. Again, the Edgemere Auburn area, one of the, the, the um, highest concentrations of poverty mm -hmm. in Queens, we're gonna provide them with economic opportunity, but how are we going to do it? Not just by building affordable housing, that's correct, not, correct. That is not the answer. That is not the solution. So you're going to bring in a new, new, some new people here for affordable housing that what? That are going to have to ride an hour and a half on the A train? Are they going to have economic opportunity? So the developer, if you look at the developer's plan, he says he's going to create almost 600 jobs. I'd look at that number as being a little overstated. 600 jobs in what? Construction? Uh, what, what? No, 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 no. We talk about like after the development is done, there'll be all that commercial. There'll be, it could be a couple hundred thousand square feet of commercial. There'll be about six, 600 jobs. I first of all think that number is overstated. They're basing it on square footage. But if you look, if you look at it, you um, can't even make 6,000 residents. You're creating 600 jobs, even if we give them all 600. So you're only employing 10%, 10 of the people that are going to be there. Okay. The other 90% are going to be unemployed. But how, so how could you say you're going to create 600 jobs when you have no economic development set up or to say who's coming here? Who's, who's lined up to fill this 
commercial space. Non-profit organizations. Oh, no, they'll, they'll are you serious? Be some. There'll be yeah, some supportive housing here. So um, no, but I'm I'm talking about the economic development aspect to create these six hundred jobs. Six hundred you know, jobs. Use corporations like RDRC or these non-profit organizations that are for revitalizing the neighborhood. The reason why I'm only using them as an example is not you're not using them as like, hey, this is them, but. I'm saying that they do job placement. They do job placement programs. They've been here for like over twenty something years. So there's a lot. They're not the only ones that do it. There's other ones out there. A lot of people aren't aware of like Canva and things like that. Okay, is it successful? What type of job? Are are they uplifting the people from poverty? I'll be honest with you, Edward. I took advantage of some of these programs when I was young. Well, I'm still young, (laughs) but uh, in high school, I took advantage of some of these, and I feel like it works for the people who want it to work. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. um, There's an old saying. And I, and, I, and, I, and I really live by this because uh, I, I think, like I said, I, I lived in a room with my mother at one time. We shared a, a bathroom in the hallway. My mother lives in one of my homes, and if it were not for me, I don't. who knows where she would be living. Right. And, and I, I think it's always important to remember where you came from. Correct. Remember, not everybody is blessed. Um, the, the saying is, you feed a man, he will eat for a day. Mm-hmm. But if you teach him how to fish, he will eat for a lifetime. So I think part of this is going to be, and I, and I think we'll get answers from the developer and, and the elected officials, is that at the end of the day, um, there'll definitely be programs in there, but we, we need to ensure that the development is really scaled Correct. back to something that is uh, more uh, of scale, that's not, we're not overdeveloping the neighborhood that the community can absorb between the amount of school children, from the amount of parking, from the amount of jobs that are going to be in the area. Because if you're not really creating jobs, and you are creating, let's say you create 600, but there's 6,000 new residents. So mm-hmm. that means 90% of the people will have to then leave the peninsula on the A train. Or th- think about this. So. Think of this. How many people, maybe people work in Long Island. And if you're not building enough parking and somebody needs a car, right? How many people work in Long Island? I have four or five friends that work in Long Island that mm-hmm. live right close to me. How are they? How would you get to areas of Long Island without spending two hours or two and a half hours by mass transit if you needed to get to a job? So you want right. to get people there. Somebody's got a, a, a simple job. It could be... A, custodian or whatever job that they may have working for the schools maybe it's a a Mm -hmm. lower paying job but they need to get to work so uh, is there thought that lower income people don't have cars and that is not true any longer correct and how many homes like you said earlier have more than one car exactly well that's why i feel that they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't fast track this it should be well thought thought out. Like like now, when we first came here, Glenn, there was really no active civic in Auburn, and and we set up the heart of Rockaway Civic, and 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 we're making noise, and and we're gonna grow. But uh, other areas, I, I think, even before this stuff goes to the community board, they need to come to the civics and the homeowners associations, and any developments, whether it be a co-op a condo or Arvin View Tenant Association and speak to the people. They should have an input because this is going to adversely affect them. Well, this is going to adversely affect, you know, it, the way I look at um, the Rockaways has always been as one peninsula. And, and the way you have to look at it is really what happens on the east end affects the west end. Correct. Sometimes people don't think so because everybody lives right. in their little bubble. And, you know, somebody said something to me, and I was talking about this development, and I, I, I gave a presentation on them. And they're like, Glenn, you don't, you don't, you don't care about Far Rockaway. And, and I laughed. And I, I, I said, really? And what makes you say that? Well, how often do you come down here? How often do you go shopping? And I said, to be honest with you, not, not that often. I come down to Far Rockaway more than I go to Breezy Point, though. Mm-hmm. I said, so does that mean I don't care about Breezy Point? These are my these are people I went to school with mm-hmm. in Far Rockaway and in Breezy Point. These are people I grew up with and their families. This is where my family grew up and came here and settled in the late eighteen hundreds. Of course, I care about it. He's so if somebody would make that <laughs> that uh, you know 
association that I don't care because mm-hmm. I don't go shopping. I got a I got a supermarket right across the street. I don't need to go. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need to go up to Breezy Point. I don't need to go down there. But everybody lives in a little bubble. So I think what people do need to realize is that this is one peninsula. And what what affects us? You know, two separate police stations. We mm-hmm. all have to get out either. One of, one of three ways, all of us. Correct. Only one yeah. of three ways. You know, we, we can well, either yeah, take the Marine Park. I'm touch question. on that more because I have a totally different opinion from everyone in the room. I feel no. like we don't need any more housing development whatsoever just because it's already been done before and it's failed. It doesn't work. Nothing's changed. And I also feel that there needs to be more traction. Coney Island's doing it. Coney Island's still developing, but... They've able to what are, what are they develop it? I, I, and, and that's fine to disagree. Well, I, the reason why I'm I, saying I Coney Island is because it was actually designed the same way Rockaway was designed. The same idea of let's push them as far out from the city as we can. They have yeah. a whole lot of low-income housing there. 100%. They have a whole lot of Mitchell Island. But what did they do right to get 100%. like Astro World back in the day? Like uh, Astro Land that they Well, that's, they, that's a and long, long time. We had a play land. How did they able here. to get you know the Cyclone, which is now uh, not only... A landmark, but it's now a nationwide known thing. People come all over the country. Almost maybe a hundred years old. That's Rockaway at one point was like that. We had Playland. We had all these things were huge attraction. What what drove that all away? Housing. And what a lot of people don't realize Um, is all this rapid housing they threw out here kind of threw away from the historical context of what this place used to be like. It's Auburn in the 1800s, like you said, your family yeah. started here. Auburn in the 1800s was Atlantic City. I got some Atlantic City. I'll show you. It was Atlantic <laughs> City. Auburn by the sea was like uh, the Mecca back then. I'm looking at those those this old photos. Called, this area was called Auburn by the sea. Correct. Back where my, right. dad, my, where my dad lives, which everybody now calls Auburn. That was not Auburn. That was actually called Somerville. Somerville. So that mm, area, right, that would right. be the Bayside right. of Auburn right. was really called Somerville. It would be nice to, you know what, reintroduce that name again. They, they NoHo and different areas, Sobro and all these well, different areas around the city. Google Maps still has a label as Somerville. When yeah, you, then I think that. that maybe we need to start referring to it as Somerville. Somerville. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it's just... I feel that we just need to like scale back on the house. I'm not saying don't build it yeah, all. Yeah. We well, the developer could come in tomorrow. He could build 500. That's the problem. Though, but why, why do these developers have so much power to just come in and say, I know it's free market. I understand it's how the country no, it's how it's zoned. It's how, yeah. how the land is zoned from years ago, and nobody ever did anything about yeah, it. There needs so. to be more power in the community boards. There needs to be more power locally. I feel like there's way too much power. We had a chance to change these things. And everybody got super scared about some union crap. Like where we were able to start rewriting our constitution in the state and the city, people didn't want to go against the grain. Oh, the constitutional They worried about some pension that they yeah, were going to yeah. lose. Constitutional convention, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just I feel like the top has way too much power. The developers are in in bed with all these politicians, well, and they are right. able to just walk in any community and do anything as they please. They can come to your civic all they want, Edwin. They can go to your coalition, Glenn. They can come to my tenant association. It's not going to do a thing. Because they still have their eyes set on profit. They have their eyes set on their own interests, pleasing their investors. And it could be all for show. Cool, bring them in the room. But then I'm going to compliment you, Edwin, and even Gwen. You guys ran successful homeowner associations with a very powerful developer. You guys didn't get hostile. You guys, your backs were against the walls, but you didn't give up. I felt like you guys really negotiated well with these people and they were able to have some type of dialogue between the community and the developer and you guys got what you wanted, made them happy. They still made their money, still made your community beautiful. I think people in Rockaway need to just chill out. I know coming from me, right? Coming from me. Wow, this guy out there in the community, right? Let's tell everybody, look, everybody calm down. Let's, Let's come together. Let's put the race out of the question for a minute, because now this is about to affect everyone. Let's put out our, our big boy cards. Let's put it all away. No joker chips. Let's be diplomatic about it. Let's not talk about what that person doesn't care about and what that one doesn't. Let's try and make this a collaboration. Let's try and do something right. But we do need this. I, I feel we do need more attraction than housing. Now, housing is always a plus because you're bringing in people, like you said, with the income. That stuff is necessary, but... And I'm not people are gonna yeah, say yeah. that I'm pro well, listen, gentrification I, 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 and all that, you know. But. No, no, no. You, you, you brought up something very valid because 
we need more tourism mm-hmm. yearly than just the summer. Why do we have to always aim for summer profits? But but what what are so if we're aiming, let's say we're aiming for, we're just a beach community, just like any place in the, in the Northeast, you go to Asbury Park, you go to outside of Atlantic City, it, it's, it's, it's simple seasons. The, the, the population that comes out here drops dramatically because there's nothing else out here. I mean, unless you're building yeah, well, an indoor water Atlantic park. City. Well, unless you're building an indoor, unless you're building an indoor water park. But, well, well, but do, do we as residents who really enjoy the sanctuary of living in an area i i call the rockaways the suburbs of new york city because it kind of feels like the suburbs out here when i I speak to so many people it really feels like the suburbs out here but you also have the luxuries of living in the city i could walk to do things when you live in the suburbs you got to get in a car to do everything i could walk to I could walk to the Y, I could walk to the stop and shop, I walk to the transit plaza, I could hop on the thing, I could go right up the ride my bike, go up to the boardwalk, go meet some friends. So it's definitely a different lifestyle here than other places. So our population we know increases dramatically come the summertime between people coming to stay with family and friends but, but, and just coming out for the beach for the day. In the wintertime, what's the attraction? Okay. We have no bowling alley. We have no movie theater. You know, they're, they're, my, my children say to me, how come every time we go somewhere, we have to go to Long Island or Manhattan or New Jersey to see something nice? How come there's nothing here? I'll be honest with you. I just came from vacation in Miami. I was in South Beach. Nice. I was in downtown. I hope, I hope, you, I hope, I hope you went to... Uh, Congas? Congas. I think that... that I didn't get a chance uh, to get Ocean Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on Ocean Avenue. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's called Congas. But uh, Miami Beach, I was looking at South Beach, has a lot of similarities to Rockaway, believe it or not. Yeah, just nice beach weather all year long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes down beach community. The thing is, though, there's a lot of residents that live there in South Beach. I was not aware of this. I was very ignorant until I got down there that there's actually a lot of residents who don't make a lot of money that live in that area. A hundred percent off of off yeah. of in the back. In yeah. The yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I was speaking to a guy who was selling ices. And I was speaking to him, I was like, hey, I was like, how is it here living here? Is it too expensive? Does the crowds and the spring breakers do they annoy you? Do they do these things? He's like, I think this is great. And even though he's not in a great situation, he's like, I think this is great that we have this because now we always have something to, to look forward to. He's saying we're always making money no matter what time of the year Correct. is. Correct. And he says, even if the weather was bad, I was like, well, what happens if Miami's climate change and you guys now get 30 degree weather <laughs> in the wintertime? He says that wouldn't change a thing about Miami. No, of course it would. And, yeah. and, you know, so I was doing a lot of research out there and they're making strides in transportation that is like already yeah, starting to make. Miami's booming. It's already about to be light years uh, ahead of New York City. May not be as large, but they're creating a bright line that will take you from Miami to Orlando in 30 minutes. That's amazing. They have something called Virgin. Um, Virgin Atlantic, which they're doing their own transit system, and they're pushing commuters. 20, so 20, that has to be minutes. a state project from Miami to Orlando. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. A, a but we, but we, system. but we can't even get our Long Island but Railroad the city line. Of Miami's back. also funding it, and the city of Miami has like not even a quarter of New York City's population, and they somehow found the money to do this. But we can't. I I just don't understand our, our state. But that's why I was going back to local the city about. government. I you know, we yeah. want to keep Rockaway empty a little bit. We want to have yeah. our freedom. We want to walk yeah. around. Well, we want to make things easy. But I think it'll be way beneficial if we had something that was year long that can attract people from all across the country, like Coney Island. Coney Island is setting so, up big just, concerts so right now. Talk about that. Yeah. But if you go back to Auburn by the Sea before. Auburn by the Sea, when it was in its infancy, before it was even given to the developers Beachwood and Benjamin, um, there were numerous plans brought out here. Forest City Ratner put a plan together. Forest City Ratner, who I think developed downtown Brooklyn, maybe the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. right? Ratner. I think it was over 10,000 units were coming to the Rockaways, and that was shot down. Um, and then the economics didn't work. And then there was something called Operation Technodome was supposed to be built here. And it was supposed to be this massive structure mm-hmm. facility, something like the Sky Dome in, in Toronto. And it was mm-hmm. going to have wow. it was gonna have 
rock climbing and it was going to have a hotel and a convention center and it was going to have here this is not a rumor after all i heard about this before no this is is true you need to speak so you need to speak to people that know the history Knowing where all the dead bodies are buried is always very important. <laughs> so knowing people that know the real history and the rumors <laughs> are, are, are important. People, people forget. People have a very short-term memory. Um, but but if, you, if you look at the, um, you know, in this development, the New York City planning stated in their, um, like, report with the Peninsula Hospital redevelopment, in their report... New York City planning stated that there is a potential for significant, significant adverse impacts, thus requiring an environmental impact study to be prepared. So they're going to prepare an environmental impact statement. After the fact? What does that mean? (laughs) They're just going to prepare it? Say, hey, are they going to see the problems that we're talking about now? Mm and come up with solutions or they're just going to document the problems on paper as the things I yeah. talked about before. So, so I talked about, study. yeah. So I talked about those things that the, the mayor's office talked about mayor's office of environmental remediation. I talked about what the department of city planning said in 2003, mm-hmm. those things are all documented, right? The, right? These are city reports. The city's done their own reports. Now, this is city planning saying the same thing. So they're just going to put it in a report, but not listen to it. Is, the, is this what the city is going wow. to do? Well, it, I'm just hoping this is not fast track because there's construction ongoing over there as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they have a timeline. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, and maybe we didn't, we didn't discuss this earlier. So... There was a meeting, um, kind of like city planning to get to get here from local residents, right? So, and then there was a scoping meeting, kind of another one to hear from local residents. Uh, but city planning did the first one last mm-hmm. April, April sometime of t- the end of April two thousand eighteen. Okay, and this is kind of like putting the neighborhood on notice because it's going through the ULERP process. Okay. Uniform Land Use Review Process, um, or pro- yeah, that's, so that's before they could rezone, right? Before, correct, one hundred percent. So they need to go through this process. So part of that was they had to have like an initial meeting with residents, concerned residents of the community. I went to the community. Uh, I went to the meeting with. There wasn't a lot, big turnout. But you know why there wasn't a big turnout, guys? It wasn't advertised. Maybe I happen to find out about it, but you know, very limited advertising, right? Only who they want right. to know mm-hmm. to come from the part of their email list. Whoever, right? Whoever they want to know. But why was the meeting held at four o'clock on a work night when when we all know <laughs> that it takes people low people, turnout? Yeah, exactly. So they held this meeting deliberately at four p.m. on a work night. When they knew there would be low participation. So this was done deliberately because they did not want to hear the truth from residents of how this would negatively impact people. So think of that. So if you lived in the Ocean Bay houses or you lived in the maybe Nordak over there um, and you're hearing, oh, there's a new development coming and there's going to be stores and stuff like that. That sounds Really exciting, to be honest with you. If I lived in, in, in there's no stores. We, we all know there's no stores there, right? So you're talking about bringing development in. That's kind of exciting to the residents of Ocean Bay and and right. and Nordak. It's kind of in and the Beach Forties houses. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. But are they being told that there's going to be six thousand new residents? <laughs> so if you really look at six thousand residents, if you added all of the residents from uh, let's see. Uh, the Ocean Bay Houses has four thousand residents. Okay. So you're you're talking about fifty percent more residents are going to be living in this new development than already live in Ocean Bay Houses, and they're all they're going to be put on less than ten acres of land. The Ocean Bay Houses is at least thirty-five acres. <laughs> so think of the density there. So who would want that? 
And they, they, I mean, listen, I know everybody's going to want the development for, I mean, minus Jeffrey, but no, 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 all, yeah, all joking right? aside, like yeah. the residents are going to be excited. Hey, there's going to be uh, these things that they're going to be promised things. And that's cool. Just as we were promised a school, right? Correct. Correct. So we were promised. So they're going to be promised stores will come because there's going to be residents that will have some money to spend. But at the end of the day, <laughs> if you told them, Hey, listen, Here's the negatives. It's it's all about informing the public so they can make informed decisions. They can make the best informed decisions mm -hmm. based on the information that's truthful. So there's a lot of untruth going around to some residents about this development um, that I've heard. They don't have it's the numbers. Well, due to that location, they, they really better open up those beaches. Because yeah, well, well yeah, that's another thing. Those beaches are not, he, those beaches down. They will be open. No, 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 no. That, no how, how, Jeffrey, you explain to me how they're going to open those beaches when there's a species of wildlife that is endangered that's inhabiting those beaches. So the, there is a federally protected bird right, that we right. know the piping clover, <laughs> right? Okay, there we go. The piping clover uh, has those beaches. The infamous. Clover. So you're going to build a development. By the beach in New York City. Some most people don't even know a beach exists in New York City. And guess what? You're gonna put six thousand residents and tell them, hey, you can't go up to the beach up the block from you because it's closed because of birds. Well, they'll be very but, upset. Well, we should do their <laughs> research, but then you know that again. Then, uh, who's gonna do the research? You're gonna look out your window. You're gonna see the beach. They you're gonna go. It's gonna be hot. They claim you're gonna want to cool off. They claim there's a way that they can kind of like move the eggs, but I, I don't. I, you know, I'm not an environmentalist or any conservation worker or any background in any type yeah. of nature. But Those I don't know how that's possible. Peck you to death. That you could just move eggs and put the nesting. Hey, we're just gonna move it here. It's like I thought the birds. No, they, just well, they, 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 they have their nest. They have their nesting period, and then you know they move on. But like you said, uh, I think from beyond thirty second coming down to 59th, aren't those beaches closed? Yeah, well, fifty, yeah, to fifty six, fifty ninth streets. To fifty, so fifty ninth, so fifty six to maybe thirty two is closed. Well, I, I want to say something evil. I just say the hell with the damn birds. <laughs> you know, yeah. we we yeah. call Rob Romas yeah, and get we, his bulldozer yeah. or his little uh, <laughs> truck. Rob, 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 <laughs> Rob, 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 he's got a raptor. He's got Rob, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob was my neighbor. The eggs. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob, the eggs. Rob, Rob is my neighbor. On a, Leave Rob alone, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a beautiful Ford Raptor. When he's done, when he's ready to sell it, Rob, 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 when you're listening to this, you're gonna sell me that Raptor, man. I really like it. But I'm looking at something here on the screen. I got in front of me. And no. one of the things that's interesting, so we want to make it, right, we're going to put some affordable housing in here, right, it's, it's going to be. Um, so let's say you got a husband and wife and they're each making, you know, they're the lower, they're making 35, 36 grand a piece, right? So they're making about $70,000 together as, as, as a couple. There's going to be very, very, very limited apartments available to them. So this is the thing that the amount of uh, apartments that are going to be set aside are going to be for 30, 40, 50% AMI. This needs to be brought out to 120% of AMI. If you look at the ocean breeze, part of Auburn by the sea, many of those apartments went up to 120% of AMI. And it's very successful and it works. When you balance out incomes in a community, you will give people economic opportunity. They'll have, they'll be able to take advantage of those things. It will bring money into the community. And because it's affordable housing, these people will be protected because that affordable housing will be permanent. Just as Dayton, Dayton is and just as other developments across the Rockaway are, public housing is. So I think that we have to really look at this development as a community everybody well I, I, the rockaways really needs to look at this and make an informed decision i i, I say we invite councilman riches to the show to have him answer some of these questions yeah i would i would he, love he, to be there part of the show correct he and I'm, I, I i you know I, he will have the answers to uh, how this is being done, if we invite you on the show as well, definitely, Glenn. Uh, I appreciate all, all the homework you did and all the the numbers you pulled you pulled up on your comprehensive report, and it's very very detailed and accurate. But uh, 
I think it's time to sit down with our councilman and get some some answers. And, and even, you know what, I think we should sit down too with maybe the developer and really tell them what this community needs. I think they have an understanding. Okay, so I will reach out to them. We'll reach out to Parker, and I would like to thank you, Glenn DeResso, for coming on the show and opening up our eyes to uh, what's going on in our community. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.